By 2050, 66% of the world's population will be urban dwellers. 90% of this increase will occur in Africa and Asia. It is imperative to employ strategies today to ensure that all children, no matter where they live or who they are, can lead healthy and productive lives free from vaccine-preventable diseases. Since the late 1970s, when vaccines first became widely used in developing countries, vaccination programs had focused on reaching rural populations. The recent and projected growth in urban populations has not yet been adequately factored into the planning and implementation of strategies, leaving the poorest population in urban areas unprotected and at risk for diseased outbreaks. These outbreaks in urban areas carry the potential to rapidly spread to the general population nation and globally, especially in light of frequent population movements and transport networks originating from cities. Families move in and out of urban areas for many different reasons, and fairly frequently, creating a barrier for quality care and place children at risk when they do not receive a complete and timely course of vaccinations. Many urban families may even live minutes away from a health center offering vaccination services, but they may not access them due to socioeconomic, cultural, and health systems barriers. Working parents may not even be able to take time off to bring their children for immunization and other health services. JSI aims to address these challenges head-on through practical solutions to meet the health needs of the growing population of urban settings. In this podcast series, we will talk to three immunization health expert teams in DRC, Haiti, and Pakistan. This is Brian Castro with JSI's Immunization Center. This is Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast. The urban immunization health experts we are talking to today are from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We've asked them to share their experience addressing this monumental issue of reaching children and families with immunization services in poor urban areas. Oui, merci beaucoup. Uh, je suis Joël Bompongo. Je suis médecin. Uh, je travaille chez GSI en RDC comme conseiller technique en immunisation, précisément dans la la vaccination au milieu urbain. Et That's Dr. Joël Bompongo. He's an MD and MPH working in the DRC as a technical advisor and immunization for JSI for the past three years. Specifically, he works in urban immunization in Kinshasa alongside of the Ministry of Health. Okay, merci. Moi, c'est André Tonda. Je travaille avec JSI. Je dirais ça, c'est déjà la deuxième fois. La première fois, c'était depuis, je crois, 2010. Et là, j'ai fait à peu près quatre ans. C'était pour appuyer l'audition de nouveaux vaccins. Next to him is Dr. Andre Tonda. He's worked on and off with JSI since 2010. At that time, he worked for about four years to support new vaccine introductions in DRC. For the past three years, since 2017, Dr. Tonda has been working as a technical advisor to support the vaccine program regarding the implementation of new vaccines, but also works closely with Dr. Joel in addressing obstacles of urban immunization programs. De nombreux nourrissons et familles dans les zones urbaines de la République démocratique du Congo 
That's Dr. Joel. He says many infants and families in urban areas of the Democratic Republic of the Congo do not receive vital health services such as immunization. To address these inequities in the megacity of Kinshasa, JSI worked with the Ministry of Health and urban municipalities to strengthen routine immunization service delivery through locally tailored solutions. This involved the adaptation of the reaching every district approach and identification of steps to ensure quality of care and reduce dropouts in the urban environments, notably with provision of services to urban poor communities. JSI worked with the government of the DRC in Kinshasa in two phases. Through these efforts, new strategies reduced missed opportunities for vaccination and vaccinated zero-dose children through the DRC's routine immunization system in Kinshasa. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work in Kinshasa in the context of urban immunization? Oui. Merci beaucoup par rapport au travail que nous faisons actuellement. c'est vraiment la suite du Regarding the work that we do or are doing presently is really the continuation of the work which we did in the first phase of this urban immunization project that evolved into two phases. There was the diagnosis phase and the pilot phase during which we implemented all of the strategies that we had planned. So presently, we are continuing that sort of work. In fact, we are scaling up now with the new nine health areas for this year and 2021. Apart from that, we did in the pilot phase. So we added three new health areas in the city of Kinshasa. And we also integrated three urban health areas in Lumbumbashi, in the province of the Katanga, and three urban health areas in the city of Mbujimai. This is in the Kasai Oriental province. So how has DRC elevated the concerns and strategies for urban immunization in the country? Oui, moi je vais continuer à répondre euh, en disant que euh, comme j'avais évoqué si haut, euh, les stratégies de vaccination. So the immunization strategies we've set in place in the urban area have demonstrated a positive impact in improving performance during the pilot phase in the urban health areas that were selected in the health areas of Kinshasa, Limite, and Kimbancheke. Through the various activities that were planned and implemented, of course, comparing them to the results found at the beginning of the project, there were really significant improvements. And in particular, there are two innovative activities that marked this approach. Notably, the integration of immunization services in private health facilities that don't normally immunize, but are very numerous in the urban area in Kinshasa, and very close to the community. And also the organization of immunization sessions in public places, which is also an activity that was implemented since the context of the project. Those public places are the markets, the bus stations, etc. This is where mothers, often accompanied by their children of, immun of immunization age, opt to spend the whole day trading their goods. Those two activities with high impact on the immunization coverage were even integrated into their Mashaka plan due to their results achieved during the pilot phase in the two health areas of Kinshasa. 
the Mashako Plan. It is an explanation of the existing strategies aimed for improved routine immunization coverage. Dr. Joel brings up the Mashako Plan, which is the ambitious plan to boost DRC's na national vaccine coverage by 15 percentage points in 18 months. The Mashako Plan was developed in partnership with Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and it is named after the former D DRC's Minister of Health, Professor Leonard Mashako Mambo, who approved the introduction of the first Gavi-supported vaccine back in 2001. Here goes Joel again. Et également l'organisation des séances de vaccination dans les lieux publics, qui est aussi une activité euh, qu'on a mis en œuvre, toujours dans le cadre de, de ce projet. Ces lieux publics qui sont de marché, des gares, des bus, etc., où le maire, souvent accompagné de leurs enfants en âge de vaccination, passe souvent toute la, leur journée dans ces lieux en train de vendre. Ces deux activités à haut impact sur la couverture vaccinale ont été même intégrées dans le plan Machaco, compte tenu de leurs résultats obtenus durant la phase pilote dans les deux zones de santé à Kinshasa. Et euh, pour votre information, le nombre de formations sanitaires sont passées euh, de 35 à 40 à Limité et de 44 à 56 à Kimbanseke. The number of health facilities increased from 35 to 40 in Limite and from 44 to 56 in Kimbancheke. Those are the two provinces that they worked on in the first phase. That is 17 facilities that were added in total. And we can say at the end of the pilot phase that there are more than 50% of health facilities that immunize every week, now in each of those two areas. In relation with the immunization sessions and, and, and public places, the team selected seven public sites in the two health areas and over a period of three months, that is from August to October of 2019, in which they immunized 2,139 children and 75 pregnant women. With the frequency of two outings per month, with funding from the Mashako Plan, it's really something that contributed to improving the immunization coverage over that period. And in terms of the economy, they estimated that it is also an efficient activity with an average cost of $1.30 per immunized person. If we calculate the 2,214 people in total, they were immunized for a total cost of around 3,000. We can also say that this activity strengthened also the provision of other health interventions other than immunization in the context of the integration advocated by WHO now, and particularly vitamin A supplementation and deworming with the mebenzodol for children aged 6 to 59 months in the two health areas. In brief, this approach contextualized immunization approach in the urban area. We can say that it certainly contributed to increasing the immunization coverage in both health areas. Because if we compare the coverage at the beginning of the project, it was at 88.7%. And in the month of October, we were already at 102% for the health area of Limite. And for the health area of Kimbancheke, we moved from 90.9% .9 to 94% in October. Hence, we can say that this urban strategy enabled the rise the different concerns, though, 
Those two pilots have areas that were tested for the city province. Que nous avons testé pour la zone de la ville province de Kinshasa. Merci. We understand that at this level, in terms of strategy, the team enabled many sites that did not previously provide immunization services in the health package being offered. The strategy also notes that the team identified some highly attended public places to be able to organize immunization sessions. Globally, we can see that those two strategies were enabled to boost data in two ways. Institutionally, there are more sites now that are doing immunization services and at the community level where data is reinforced because there are many station areas used for immunization sessions. Both of these strategies' goals is to immunize as many children as possible. How did you use the results of the situational analysis of phase one to determine these effective intervention strategies? Je pense peut-être dans l'intervention de Joël, il a dit aussi, mais peut-être on peut fixer lesquels. That's Dr. Tonder responding. First. In fact, it was the reaching every district approach that was being implemented. But still, there are a few innovations that were provided in order to improve access to immunization services. Thus, the first one is the integration of these services in private facilities, because in the city of, of Kinshasa, the majority, we think even the, about 90% of those healthcare facilities are private health facilities. So if we base only on public facilities, it's quite difficult to reach the whole population. Thus, the first intervention was to contract with the private health facilities so that they can integrate immunization services and improve population access. The second one was the introduction of immunization sessions in public places. And this is due to the fact that here in, in Kinshasa, most livelihoods live from trade and commerce. Thus, parents must go to the market and sell their goods so it's quite difficult to be able to reach young children who are often accompanied by their parents. This strategy was also implemented to actually reach those children that we, that we can't reach with the usual services. But how did you determine these strategies? After selecting Limite and Kimbancheke for the intervention strategies, the team directly placed a technical committee that included all of the stakeholders of the project. And this committee applied the diagnostic methodology in collaboration with colleagues from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Immediately after, they proceeded to collect data which included qualitative and, and qualitative research. The analysis enabled the team to identify the different gaps related to access and attendance of immunization services in both areas. This led to a detailed operational plan to improve the problems identified during the analysis with effective strategies and interventions. Uh, la détermination des stratégies ou d'interventions efficaces. Merci. What was the role of engaging the private sector in urban immunization interventions? Uh, C'est que uh, en milieu urbain, uh, en RDC notamment à Kinshasa spécifiquement, uh, 
It was mentioned previously that in the urban areas of Kinshasa, more than 90% of the health facilities are private facilities. So the team realized quickly that if they did not include them in the immunization strategies, they would never really reach a good coverage in immunization. The interventions engage the private sector in their strategies by providing technical expertise in immunization services. Within three months, coverage went from 88% to more than 100%. The team empowered private health facilities to provide these services. Once these private facilities started to offer immunization services, they even saw an increase in attendance by mothers and primary caregivers. Uh, they could see that the private sector has an impact in immunization because it enabled to improve access of immunization services to the population which ultimately led to an increase in immunization coverage. For the past two years, our colleagues in DRC have worked with the private sector, the government of DRC, and global partners to lead these strategies that ultimately improved rates as shown by the data. It seemed like the team was gathering momentum towards record-breaking immunization coverage rates. Then, the pandemic happened. Now that we live in a different world from when the program started, what has changed? How has the program been modified under the burden of COVID-19? Dr. Joel takes this question head on. Oui, merci beaucoup pour la, la question. Moi, je vais je vais commencer et Dr. André va <coughs> me compléter. En tout cas, euh, comme vous le savez, Dr. Joel sighs and starts to answer the question. He leaves it open for his colleague, Dr. Tondo, to add as well. Since the advent of COVID-19 in DRC, there has been many challenges. This has affected immunization in one of its components, which is communication. With the various rumors that were spreading through the different information channels that we have now, including the internet, misinformation has negatively impacted the visits and attendance by mothers, primary caregivers, and even pregnant women for immunization services. In addition, there are some measures that were taking at the beginning of the epidemic, like placing populations into strict curfews to discourage population movements and potential exposure. All this reduced the attendance and access for services. Therefore, the urban technical experts of the program shared a series of guidelines regarding the provision of immunization during this period of the pandemic. These guidelines were shared by the Secretariat General and the Ministry of Health circulated them in all provincial government health offices. These guidelines shared measures of social distancing, and guidance for infection prevention and control. In addition, the program also launched the campaign for the promotion of routine immunization. This campaign involved all the journalists working in the media and in communication. The media was included in the conversation at this time of COVID since they were the ones reaching the target population. This was used to clarify concerns of routine immunization where some people received misleading information concerning COVID. Okay, merci Dr. Joël. Bon, peut-être pas grand-chose à ajouter hein, parce que vous avez repris exactement ce qui a été fait quand le programme euh, a dû... Dr. André adds, 
When you take the country with its 26 provinces, Kinshasa is the province that was most affected with more than 8,000 COVID-19 cases. However, there were some provinces where there were no cases detected, so they were not affected and the immunization services in those provinces didn't undergo any sort of modification. In Kinshasa, however, like Dr. Joel said, there was a lower attendance certainly in using services following the bad press because of the fear of COVID-19. Dr. Andre was still working in the health facilities during the pandemic in the month of April. He saw some immunization services were still going on, even though the flow of people attending was less than usual. The program itself slowly adapted to the situation. So even with the negative impact, the DRC team persisted. The immunization program adapted itself to continue providing immunization services while respecting the guidelines to prevent spreading. Dr. Tonda, Dr. Joel, thank you for your time. Voila, merci. Merci. Thank you for listening to Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast.